I'm Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to Episode 8 in the fourth edition of the AIC Bible Study video series, The New Testament Gospels. In Episode 8, I begin discussion of another theme of St. Mark's Gospel, the miracles of Jesus, beginning with the first nine of 18 such events. At the end of the episode, I will point out where material presented in Episode 8 is discussed in the new AIC bookstore publication, The Gospel of Mark, annotated and illustrated. The differences between the Gospel of Matthew, discussed in Episode 2 to Episode 6, and the Gospel of Mark are clear in Mark's treatment of miracles in Episode 8. Where St. Matthew used Jesus' prophecies of events yet to come as proof of his divine origin, St. Mark instead recounts 18 specific instances of otherwise inexplicable events. These events are used to demonstrate Jesus' power over demons or evil spirits, sickness, nature, and even death itself. I present these not in chronological order, but in topical groups. The first four examples demonstrate Jesus' power over demons, also often called evil spirits. All four examples suggest St. Mark's sense of immediacy and are told in the style of an eyewitness account. They are the healing of a demon-possessed man at Capernaum, a Gadarene man with a demon, the Syrophoenician woman, and a man with uncontrolled seizures. In today's terms, these miracles would be labeled an exorcism. The illustration is Christ in majesty, an illumination in temper and guilt on parchment from the Hitda Codex, in which the traditional symbols of the four Apostles are found in the four corners. The Hitta Codex was commissioned around 1020 AD by Hitta, abbess of the convent of Meshida, painted at Cologne in the manner of the Ottonian Saxon successors to Charlemagne in the revived Holy Roman Empire in Western Europe. Christ in Majesty is the Western Church equivalent of Christ Pantocrator in the Eastern Church tradition. I especially want to thank the library authorities at Universitats und Landesbibliothek Darmstadt, custodians of the Codex, for permitting us to use high-resolution images of Christ in Majesty, of the healing of the man with a withered hand, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, and the healing of the Gadarene demonic. The first of the four examples is the first healing by Jesus in the Gospel of St. Matthew of a man, quote, with an unclean spirit and occurs at the synagogue in the town of Capernaum on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. The event occurs just after Jesus' calling of the first four apostles described in episode 7. St. Mark notes in verse 22 the people's reaction. They were astonished at his teaching, 
for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. This phrase means that Jesus spoke from his own divine authority and not by the power of authority or authority of other Hebrew teachers or scholars or any secular authority. In the Koine Greek language of the early centuries of the church, a person who heals by touch is called a thaumaturg, more commonly translated in the West as wonder, wonder worker or miracle worker. The illustration is Mark holding his gospel and illumination and temporary and guilt on parchment, which is placed just before the start of the Gospel of St. Mark in the Codex Arius of Echternach, an illuminated gospel book with the Latin text of the Vulgate Bible from the digital collection German National Museum, Nuremberg, Germany. The traditional winged lion, symbol of St. Mark, looks down from the top center of the image. Among those present at Capernaum was a man who was possessed by an unclean spirit from the Greek pneuma akathartum, which means possession by a demon and appears 21 times in that context in the New Testament. Generally, they suggest the presence of Satan and the possibility that their presence can harm the individual possessed. The spirit recognized Jesus and spoke to him in the man's voice. Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of Israel. Jesus' reply was not to the man, but to the unclean spirit. Be quiet and come out of him. The translation, be quiet is correctly translated from the Greek phimoe, as I will show in episode 9 in the discussion of Jesus' miracle of calming the seas, demonstrating divine power over nature, the same Greek word is translated differently. The illustration for this sequence is an engraving, Jesus healing the man possessed with a devil by Gustave Doré from Doré's Grand Bible du Tours, also known for the English-language version, Doré's English Bible, published in 1866 A.D. Doré's engraving is based upon St. Luke's account in Luke 4, verses 31 to 41. The spirit, protesting, obeyed, but only after convulsing the man's body in verse 26. The remainder of St. Mark's account, reporting the public's response, illustrates his continued use of the question-and-answer format. In verse 27, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him, and immediately his fame spread. In verses 32 and 33 of the same chapter, Mark writes of other examples, of which he offers no detail, of Jesus' healing of the sick and demon-possessed, and of other incidents of driving out demons, none of which were allowed to speak. Later, in 139, following his summary account of Jesus' initial ministry in Galilee, St. Mark records Jesus, quote, casting out demons, but offering no detail.
The second of four examples of divine power over demons or evil spirits from Mark 5 verses 1 to 20 occurred in the territory of the Gadarenes, a predominantly Gentile area on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. This is the same area where the raising of the daughter of Jairus most likely occurred. It is one of the most unusual and also most dramatic accounts described by St. Mark. In verses 1 to 5, St. Mark describes vividly the distress of the man whose emotional difficulties were so severe that he could not be restrained by chains, which he often broke out of, and who lived among the tombs, meaning the caves cut out of the rock, and who had cut himself with stones and often cried out day and night. But this man immediately recognized Jesus. In verse five, chapter 5, verse 6, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. At that point, as in the previous account, the unclean spirit took over his voice and spoke, saying in verse 7, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. The title Most High God is based upon the Greek hupsistos, which is derived from the Hebrew equivalent name of God El Alyon. Jesus spoke directly to the Spirit, commanding him to come out of the man in verse 8, and then demanded to know his name in verse 9a. The Spirit spoke his reply in verse 9b, My name is Legion, for we are many. The demon called Legion then, quote, begged him earnestly, unquote, in verses 10, 11, and 12, not to drive him and those with him out of the territory, but to let them inhabit a large nearby herd of 2,000 or so swine, or pigs, if you will. Swine, under Mosaic law, were defined as uncleaned animals. The estimated value of 2,000 swine in 2021 A.D. is over $300,000, using the NKJV's 2007 estimated value increased by the annual rate of inflation up to the end of the second uh, decade of the 21st century. St. Mark reports that Jesus permitted their request and then records a curious event. After being inhabited by the unclean spirits, the swine ran into the sea and drowned, in verse 13. Shown in the illustration, Healing the Demon-Possessed Man, another illumination from the Hitta Codex. Further, he writes that when the pig drivers came to investigate the loss of the pigs, they found the formerly tormented Gadarene man, quote, sitting and clothed and in his right mind, unquote. In verse 15, the now-healed man wanted to follow Jesus, but Jesus denied his request, instructing him in verse 19, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. The man did indeed spread the word of Jesus' miracle. St. Mark reports in verse 20 that the news spread even into the Decapolis, a Greek word meaning ten cities, on the east side of the the River Jordan, 
well south of the Sea of Galilee. Our third of four examples is Jesus's exercise of divine power over demons and evil spirits is St. Mark's account of the healing of the daughter of a Syrophoenician woman in Mark 7, verses 24 to 30. The incident happened in the coastal region between Tyre and Sidon, both in present-day Lebanon and known to the Jews as Canaan. St. Mark may have labeled it Syrophoenicia because his intended audience of readers at Rome would not have known the Hebrew name Canaan. St. Matthew, whose intended audience was Jews, called her a Canaanite. The incident involved a Greek woman, or in Hebrew terms a Gentile, whose young daughter, St. Mark writes in verse 28, was possessed by an unclean spirit and called a demon in verse 28. This example differs from the previous miracles in that the daughter was not actually present. The illustration is an early 15th century French breviary in colored inks and on vellum made for John Duke of Berry by the Limborg brothers from the collection of the French National Library. The dialogue between Jesus and the woman is instructive of Christian doctrine. When the woman asks Jesus to cast out the demons, his reply sounds cold and unfeeling without knowledge of St. Matthew's account. Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs, he says in verse 27. He is referring to his obligation at that point in the gospel to serve first the Hebrew or chosen people who are the children in verse 27. Further, in St. Matthew's account, she acknowledges Jesus by the messianic title of O Lord, Son of David. However, in St. Mark's shorter version, she acknowledges only that he is Lord in verse 28. The codex, excuse me, the illustration is a miniature illumination from the Codex Egberti, a gospel book made at Reichenau Monastery, Reichenau, Germany, for Bishop Egbert of Trier between 980 and 993 AD from the collection of the Trier City Library in Trier, Germany. In her reply, yes, Lord, let yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs, he, she acknowledges the authority of the Jews over her, which led Jesus to say to her in verse 29, for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. The Syrophoenician woman returned home to find her daughter free of the demon. This incident in the Gospel of St. Mark is the earliest indication that Jesus had come to save both Jews, the children of verse 27, or the chosen people of the Old Testament, and the little dogs, the Gentiles, of verse 28. The fourth and final example of demonstrations of divine power over demons or evil spirits is St. Mark's account of the healing of a demon-possessed young man called a lunatic in the KJV translation of St. Matthew's version. The place was near Mount Tabor after Jesus and the disciples had come down from the mountain following the transfiguration. 
When we enter the scene, the disciples acting on their own had been unable to drive the demon from a young man described by his father in verse 18. Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. The boy had suffered in this manner all his life. Jesus addressed both the father, the boy, and the disciples with this in verse 19 regarding the failure to drive out the demon. O faceless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Jesus allowed the disciples to bring the young man before him. At the presence of Jesus, as St. Mark reports, the spirit in the man caused him to convulse on the ground and foam at the mouth. The dialogue between Jesus and the boy's skeptical father in verse 22b is instructive on the Christian doctrine of faith. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us, he asks. And Jesus replies in verse 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. St. Mark reports in verse 24b that immediately the father replied, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus addressed the spirit in the man's body and said in verse 25, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. St. Mark's writing style is clear and concise in his account of the result in verses 26a and 27. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he came as, became as one dead. Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. The last two verses of the reading are a dialogue between Jesus and the disciples, in which they ask, Why could we not drive it out? To which he replied, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Many of the Greek language texts of the Gospel of St. Luke do not include the word and fasting. Traditional Christian teaching is both that both prayer and fasting are important parts of one's spiritual and prayer life. The illustrations were first an engraving by Gustav Doré from his Doré's English Bible and second an opaque watercolor by James Tissot. The next group of five miracles are demonstrations of divine power over sickness. These are the healing of St. Peter's mother-in-law, a leper at Capernaum, a paralytic man also at Capernaum, and a, man, <clears throat> and a man with a withered hand, and finally a woman with a blood disorder. The illustration is the 19th century watercolor by Tissot of the healing of St. Peter's mother-in-law. The healing of St. Peter's mother-in-law, who suffered from fever, happened in the house of Peter and Andrew at Capernaum, immediately following the first example of Jesus driving out the demons and unclean spirits. St. Mark reports that without a spoken instruction, Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. That's verse 31. 
As noted in the account of the driving out of the unclean spirit, word quickly spread of Jesus' healing ability, and many came and were healed, and many demons were driven out of possessed people in verses 32 and 34. The illustration is an Atonian era, early 11th century illumination from the Hitta Codex. The second of our five examples of divine power over sickness from 140 to 45 happened during Jesus' tour of Galilee following the departure from Capernaum. A leper came up to Jesus. What he said implies recognition of Jesus' identity. If you are willing, you can make me clean. St. Mark reports Jesus' compassionate response. He touched the man and said, I am willing, be cleansed. But what happens next can only be understood in the scriptural context of the requirements of healing of lepers in the Mosaic Law in the book of Leviticus. Jesus instructed the man to go to the synagogue, show himself to the priest, quote, and offer for your cleaning those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. As in other cases, the command not to discuss the healing was violated, and even more people came to be healed. So many, St. Mark reports, that Jesus could not enter the unnamed city. The illustration is James Tissot's watercolor depicting the joyful man freed of leprosy in the collection of the Brooklyn Museum. The third of five demonstrations of divine power over sickness is Mark 2, 1 to 12, the story of the paralytic man at Capernaum carried into Jesus's presence by four other men. The room was too crowded for them to enter and so some roof tiles were removed and the man was lowered down on a bed. In this case, it was the faith of the four men who had gone to so much difficulty which caused Jesus to heal the man, saying, Son, your sins are forgiven you, in verse 5. This is a lesson in the community nature of the Christian faith, that is, Christianity is best understood, celebrated, and practiced not alone, but within a faith community. The Hebrew scribes who heard all this and who questioned Jesus' healing were secretly or in themselves, as St. Mark writes, motivated by their own belief that illness and sickness were caused by sin. St. Matthew reports their thoughts in verse 9. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? The rest of this reading is again instructive of Christian doctrine. Here again, St. Mark uses his terse question and answer style in verses 9 and 10. Jesus asked the scribes in verse 9, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to this paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk? He continued in verses 10 and 11, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Again, using immediately, immediately he arose, 
took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. The illustration is one of several miniature illuminations on a single page in the Codex Aureus of Echternach, sometimes called Echternach, made between 1030 and 1050 in Germany from the collection of the Germanische National Museum, Nuremberg, Germany. The fourth of five examples of divine power over sickness reported in Mark 3, verses 1 to 6, occurs once again in a synagogue in Galilee and also on a Sabbath day. St. Mark reports in verse 2 that the Pharisees watched Jesus closely when a man with a withered hand approached him. Jesus invited the man to come forward, but it was to the Pharisees that he spoke a question in verse 4. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or do evil, to save life or to kill? The Pharisees offered no answer. St. Mark's account offers a parallel with the Old Testament account of the hard-hearted Pharaoh of Egypt in Exodus, <clears throat> used several times in chapters 7 through 11 and chapter 14. St. Mark wrote in verse 5 that Jesus looked around them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, unquote. The illustration is an illumination in colored inks and gilt on parchment from the Hitna Codex. Jesus took the man's hand in his, and this exchange followed in verse 3. Stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Where St. Matthew offered strong indictments of the Pharisees, St. Mark's approach is more subtle but conveys a similar message, reporting in verse 6 that the Pharisees, quote, immediately, unquote, plotted with the friends of Herod, who were the Pharisees' usual enemies in order to destroy Jesus. The fifth and final example of divine power over sickness is Mark 5, verses 25 to 34, his account of the woman with a 12-year-long blood disorder. The incident happens in the interlude between the two parts of the account of the raising of the daughter of Jairus, which I will discuss in episode 10. On the way into the house of Jairus, the woman who had heard about Jesus' healing gifts touched the hem of his garment, thinking, as St. Mark recorded in verse 28, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. St. Mark reports in the next verse that immediately she felt healed, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. Jesus asks in verse 31, Who touched me? And the woman came forward, quote, fearing and trembling, and fell down before him, admitting it was she. Jesus said to her in verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. The message is that the power or invisible energies of God were made effective in her by her own display of faith. 
Other AIC resources for topics discussed in this episode are the Lives of the Saints video series, where in the first series, St. Mark is the focus of episode 7, St. Peter of episode 11, St. Matthew of episode 14. In this same series, New Testament Gospels, in episodes 29 through 35, there is more on the I Am Declarations of Jesus. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, from the Gospel of Mark, Annotated and Illustrated, The Driving Out of the Unclean Spirit and the Healing of Peter's Mother-in-Law, are presented in Chapter 1, The Healing of the Man with a Withered Hand in Chapter 3, The Healing of the Gadarene Man and the Woman with a Blood Disorder in Chapter 5, The Encounter with the Syrophoenician Woman in Chapter 7, the Healing of the Possessed Young Man at the Foot of Mount Tabor in Chapter 9, and as seen in the illustration on the slide, The Healing of the Paralytic Man at Capernaum. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, Layman's Lexicon, the key words, Copolis, page 57, Faith, 73 to 74, Forgiveness, 84 to 85, Gentile, 86 to 87, Gospel 94 to 96, Satan 198 to 102, and Transfiguration, page 226 to 227. The final example is Father Ron's blog, a page on our website featuring information on the latest projects, usually including an illustration. You can reach the blog page using the links at the top or the bottom of the home page, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net or you can enter the direct URL address, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, write slash blog, with blog in all small case letters. By clicking on the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend in the right-hand column and afterward entering your email address, you can receive notice of each new posting from our site host, wordpress.com. We do not share information with any other organization. Thank you for joining me for Episode 8 in the New Testament Gospels. Next time in Episode 9, I will continue our discussion of the text of St. Mark's Gospel with the next six of 18 accounts of Jesus' miracles or signs. In this case, three examples of divine power over nature and three of divine power over speech and sight. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.com dot net